Black Light Mass Incarceration Show. I am your host, Sierra Cobb. Black Light Mass Incarceration Show is a space that is used to uplift the unheard voices of the criminal and social justice issues that many face today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Thank you, Ashley, for coming on Black Light Mass Incarceration Show to share your journey of what you have been through while you're incarcerated. Um, If you want to start off with your name, where you are, and just tell us a little about yourself and what you're going through. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, my name is Ashley Insko. Um, My prison number is 056-8587, and I'm incarcerated in North Carolina. housed at Nash Correctional Institution, which is a male facility, and I'm not a man. I'm a woman. (laughs) It's where this whole story sort of goes away, and it shows the negligence of what the state is doing and how they try to hide things. So do you want to give them a little back history of why you are at a male's facility? Yeah, of course. Um, Okay, well, I'm intersex. I identify as intersex slash transgender. Um, some people don't know exactly what intersex is, but it entails about 30 different medical conditions that makes a person vary between being typical male, typical female. So it's known in a lot of cultures as being a third gender. And it's been around for centuries. You know, it's just a, it's a birth anomaly. I don't want to call it a birth defect because it's who I am. I'm not defective. It's just I'm different. But due to the appearance of my genitalia, my biological setup, my endocrinological setup, everything that's going on, I'm not typically male. I'm not typically female. I'm in between, like from birth. So I've always identified as being female. I've always identified as being a girl, even at an early age, even though at that early age, I was made to be a boy. So anytime I expressed my gender as being female or being feminine, I was scolded. I was talked down upon. I faced sexual abuse from an early age up. And it has just been like this relentless, just, I don't know what words to put it in, but it's just been something that no one should have to go through. You know, having to live a life being secretive. It's not fun. And now that I can be who I am, I'm looked down upon even more by society about it because they look back at the male aspects of me. You know, being forced due to the demographics of where I'm at to be a man because it's not safe for me to be a woman. So, Kind of tell the audience like what it feels on a daily basis to be a female in an all-male dominant environment? And how do you survive that on a daily basis? How does it feel? It feels horrifying. It's not a day goes by that I'm not afraid something's going to happen to me. Every day, people say things to me out of the way. They say sexist remarks. They say gender-based remarks. I get misgendered all the time. Like, I had just went to medical 20 minutes before... I called, and I've been here for about a year at Nash, but 
and medical knows that I'm a woman, but yet I still get misgendered by medical professionals. I still get referred to as a man. And just those simple pronouns, you know, means a lot. But when they don't use those and they refer to me as a man, it's them saying I don't exist. That I don't exist as a woman, but I have to be a guy and conform to this culture of being a man. And it's scary. It's like I speak out sometimes and nobody hears me. And I've been through so much stuff being housed with men that it's traumatizing. And every day it's waking up like it's in a, a war zone of being around men and worrying about male violence and male sex-based violence and just ridiculous. <laughs> I don't get the same programs as other women. I can't just go out here and get my hair done. Right. I can't go get my hair cut the way I want it because... Guys are so used to cutting hair for men. Right. I, I wear, I had to wear men's outer clothing. I do get women's undergarments, but at the same time, I'm having to wear outer clothing for men. And there's some things that they do, such as allowing makeup or female hygiene items, things like that, but that's nothing, you know, compared to putting a woman with men. You know, it, it doesn't make it okay. And there's guys in here that they look at me and then they say these negative and repulsive things toward me because they don't understand. And if I say something back to try to defend myself, then I'm faced with that violence. If I go to staff and say something, they overlook it. They're like, oh, well, you just got to deal with it, you know, or he didn't really mean it that way or, you know, they... They just don't know. There's no so, understanding and no compassion or exactly. empathy. Um, exactly. There's no empathy. There's no compassion for it. And they don't go by what policy says. The staff, will, they do not. They want to be facially compliant with what policy says, but they don't want to be factually compliant. So, Right. So you're just living in fear and, every day of your life. Because you were forced to be with men, and you have had surgery to where, if I'm not mistaken, you're basically all female? Yeah. On September the 9th, 2022, I had I, I became the first person in the state of North Carolina that's incarcerated to have gender-affirming genital surgery, which is, some people call it bottom surgery, but... I had that surgery, and it was done by Dr. Brad Ziegler, who is a gender-affirming surgical specialist. Um, that's what he does. That's his specialty through UNC Chapel Hill. And, you know, I had that surgery, and it was put on a few media outlets that I'd had it. And then all of a sudden, everyone in here knows. And so many guys in here started seeing this. They'd sit on the news or in the papers and what happened, and then... I get approached about that. And they're like, so you had surgery. You have this. You're really female. And I'm like, yes. You know, and this is what I am. And it's publicized. But yet DPS still wants to keep me with men. And I don't understand that. I don't, I don't understand that logic either. If, you know, they made a big stink about, you know, you being a man, so that's why you were there, but now you've had the surgery and you're all female and there's still a refusal to transfer you to 
an all-woman's prison baffles me over and over and over and over. Like, there's no logical reason why you're not at a, at a female's prison. So tell the audience what you would like for them to do, like how you would like for them to support you as far as just calling or, you know, you can always write Ashley. She gave you her her opiates number and she's at Nash Correctional, but there has to be more of an outcry to help her get where she needs to be because it doesn't make sense that she's forced to live with men every day in an all-male facility and she's woman. Like, I couldn't imagine having to live yeah. my life around a man all day that I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's it doesn't have any logical basis on why they want to keep declining my transfer to a women's prison. Well, ex- explain what is that doing? What is that doing to you mentally? Mentally, it, it's dragging me down. Um, every day I battle like just I battle thoughts of giving up, for lack of a better word. Being that this. That staff can hear what my conversation is and it goes out there and they'll try to use stuff against me but sometimes I wonder when it's going to stop. Are they going to let it stop or is it going to be that I have to make it stop? And every day I battle that and I I reach out to these mental health providers here for therapy for rape trauma syndrome, for post-traumatic stress, for the stuff I go through from having chronic nightmares of waking up in the middle of the night, remembering what guys have done to me, that the dreams are so vivid that it's like it's happening again. Right. And I look deep down inside. I look deep within my soul so I'll have legs to stand on. And I push and I persevere. And I'm like, I can't give up because if I do, the fight will be over. And I can't help nobody else. I can't do something to make a difference in another person's life. And I look at that because I realize now getting older that my decisions affect other people. Mm-hmm. And that... Even if it helps one person, then it was worthwhile. I don't what happened to me to ever be in vain, but it drags down on me. And every time that it gets requested to the division part or to the DAC to transfer me to a women's prison, it gets declined, and it's always for a different reason. This past time it got declined on December the 16th, I believe, and they said that due to security concerns, okay, the last time it was safety concerns. The last time before that, it was because I'm male. The last time before that, it's because of safety and security issues or safety concerns for myself. And they always cite that it's where I'm at is they feel is best for my programming and my programming and uh, assignment needs. But that's not keeping yet, you safe. It's, it's not, no. Um, I got transferred to Hornet and put the dorm of all men on January the 5th. Just, just up and out of the blue. I told staff I didn't feel safe going to Hornet. And I was told that they didn't care if I felt safe or not, that I was going to go pack my belongings so they were going to do it for me. Mm. So I get to Hornet and I tell staff at Hornet I'm not safe after being strip searched by men. And a man asking me what that is between my legs. You know, and I'm having to stand nude in front of two men while other male inmates can see me. So you're just being degraded and humiliated each time there comes a search. 
Exactly. Every time there's a search done on me, I get degraded and humiliated. Having to continually take my clothes off. You have 60 seconds remaining. Three facts why North Carolina should eliminate the felony murder rule. Fact number one. Legal research at UNC Berkeley found no reduction in felony murder rates for states that adopted felony murder rule and a slight negative correlation to crime-related deaths. Fact number two, some have argued that due process requirements are violated by the felony murder rule, which invades or at least manipulates both guilty mind or guilty act requirements. Fact number three, Due to its outdated nature, the felony murder rule was abolished by the English Law Code in 1957. Today, only the United States has this principle. In our time, where jails are overcrowded, recidivism rates are skyrocketing, and our criminal justice system is seen by many as broken, it is more important than ever to take a close look at laws and ask ourselves, what do they mean to us and who do they hurt? Our penal code cannot contain a law that is insufficient, manipulative, and fundamentally unjust. Remember, local politicians have the authority to draft a bill to eliminate felony murder. November 4th is the day to let your voice be heard. And remember, to all my fellow incarcerated family, you can vote. Use what they have tried to silence for so long. Unlock the vote. Go vote. Sponsored by Emancipate NC. Um, but yeah, every time that I get strip searched by men, and even though I've fled and begged to be strip searched by women, and BPS has made a policy to where they will not allow that because their policy says that any offender housed at a male facility gets strip searched by male staff. Any offender housed at a female facility gets strip searched by female staff. So you have a transgender offenders that are in women's prisons, and they get strip searched by women. They get strip searched with dignity. But yet, I'm in a men's prison, and every time I do it, I get degraded. I get exposed to cross-gender searches. And then whenever I report something like to our free and compliance manager, or I write agreements on it, or I try to make people aware, or try to make an effect in policy change, I get told that, well, there ain't nothing I can do about it. You know, that's policy. You know, our policy says this, and they don't even want to address the issue on the grievance. Even whenever I report it under the Prison Rape Elimination Act and DPS's policy that's supposed to address sexual abuse and harassment by staff and inmates toward us, it gets found to be unsubstantiated because of policy. And recently I've seen something where only 5% of sexual abuse cases that are reported within the prison system are substantiated. Mm -hmm. So 95% of the things that get told, they look at and they investigate internally and they get found to be unsubstantiated. Well, you, you got to look at it like this, Ashley. CO officers are the same thing as police officers. So police officers out here are covered by qualified immunity, and they're just covered by the state. Like, the state is always going to look out for their own people. And it's crazy how they try yeah. to look out so much that they're doing so wrong and so much harm to humanity. Like, 
it blows my mind that the job that these people hold is like the fact that they don't think that nobody has any type of humanity because they're incarcerated. But at the same time, a lot of these correctional officers aren't, their hands aren't clean. A lot of these politicians and state actors, their hands aren't clean. It's, it's rarely ever that you see them go behind bars. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just, it has to end. That's yeah. why this system has to be abolished because it was made to work like this. It was made to just take humanity away from the human being itself. Like prison has never fixed any issue. And if it has, then our crime rate would not be as high as it has been for the last past hundred years or so. So make it make sense exactly. of why we still have prisons. Like, People do have mental issues and they need to be taken care of, not thrown in a prison, but taken care of their mental issues or whatever they have going on. Yeah. But prison is not the answer. Exactly. And they're not able to do that. You know, whenever I got back from Harnett, medical had taken my 494 single cell, which is 490 is like a medical order for sale. And it was taken the day before I went to Harnett simply because, simply for the fact that they can send me to Harnett. And on the, a couple of days later, on that Monday, the American Correctional Association, the ACA auditors, came here to audit the prison. Well, wasn't that convenient that they sent me out for auditors to come from an accredited association to audit them to meet a certain standard? And then once they came, they sent me back. But they never gave me the 490 back for myself. And they said I didn't have a medical issue for it. I didn't have a mental health issue for it. But yet I do have a safety issue for it. But whenever I bring that up to the assistant warden, Miss Lee tells me that, oh, well, having a cell is a privilege. Well, how you don't have a and, mental um, issue from what you're going... I don't understand. How can you tell yeah, somebody don't they don't have a mental issue when you have all types of mental issues, PTSD, post... I mean, you have so yeah. much... Okay. <laughs> Exactly, and the reason why I, the reason why there's not a mental health reason for me to have it is because prior to me coming into the meeting, she tells medical, she tells mental health, hey, you're going to say that she doesn't have a reason for this. There's no logical medical or mental health reason for this. And it backs up, it justifies them taking the 490 for the cell to transfer me to a dorm full of men to begin with. So then they do that and they place it back on the provider by saying that the medical provider reviewed your chart and said that you didn't have a medical reason to have it. Well, the medical provider works well, for the state. Anybody that works for the state exactly. is going to side with the state. Like, we're not stupid. Like, they think we're stupid. Yeah. We're not stupid, y'all. We yeah. understand that y'all look out for each other. And it doesn't matter if it's yeah. wrong. You're still going to look out for one another. And that's just disgusting behavior. Like, how can you... Even, in my opinion, be satisfied with yourself as a human being when you're sitting there treating other people like they don't exist and that they're not human. Like, I I don't understand. I just don't. Yeah. I don't either. You know, I was, I went to, an, to a, I went to have a CT scan done last year. And it, the CT scan revealed you know, it, it showed that I have ambiguous genitalia. That's what it said on the scan. Now, being that this is a male prison, whenever I got back, Miss Lee and Miss Linke, Miss Linke is a nurse practitioner, and Miss Lee, being the assistant warden of programs at the time, has me called up her that afternoon and says, oh, well, Miss Linke's going to examine you. 
And I'm like, okay, for what? So I get forced to be examined to determine what my gender is, to determine my genital status. And Ms. Linsky told me, well, I talked to Dr. Campbell, which is Dr. Arthur Campbell. He was the medical director for the state. He said that you're a man, and then I'm going to examine you and make sure that you're a man. What? He described every single thing Is that even legal? Is that even legal? No, that's not legal because it says that they cannot, under PREA, under a federal act, it says that they cannot search you to determine your genital status as it relates to your gender. To me, that's rape. That's not legal. That's rape. Exactly. That's straight up rape. Like, and, yeah, and she puts on here that she describes everything as being male. And she misgendered me, used male pronouns, specifically stated these things in a mock examination to degrade me and to make it opposite of what the doctors on the street say. The doctors that I go see on the street describe me totally different than what the doctors that I see in here do. They describe what they see totally different. I guess I'm trying to figure out what is their obsession with you? Like, they're it's obsession because they're trying to make you something they know that you're not, and they are talking to everybody in their corner to agree with them. Like, how are you that obsessed with somebody that you won't understand that they are a woman, that they were born like that, they were born half and half, you said you wanted to be a woman, yeah. you had your surgery, and you're all woman. It's like they're still trying to force you to be a man. Like, how is that not mentally effing with somebody's mind? I mean, just, just seriously. Like, if you were in that situation and you know that you're a female and everybody behind you is trying to tell you that you're a male... Like, how is that not messing with your mental? It goes back to this, okay. When I was in California, they saw that I was different. I got raped in California because inmates found out that I was a woman. So an officer let him come in my cell whenever I was in the hole, and I got raped. And as a result, I contracted HIV from that. And whenever they took me to the hospital after that had happened, the doctor examined me and he said, why is she here at a men's prison? And they were like, we don't know. That's above our pay grade. And he said, well, good. It's at my pay grade. And she's going to stay in the custody of this hospital under my care until y'all transfer her to a women's prison where she needs to be. It took them three days for Sacramento to process my paperwork. When the doctor released me from the hospital in Fresno, I went to Valley State Prison for Women. They put me on one yard. I went right in there, didn't have no problem. They gave me a medical status for a single cell where I'm not in a cell with no one else. Mm -hmm. They had me on observation, and they saw that nothing happened. I was okay. Everything was kosher. No more issues. Now, North Carolina (laughs) is... It, this is we're talking about the South, and right. <laughs> they're so far behind time, honey. And they want to practice eugenics. Mm-hmm. Is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. You're either going to be man, you're either going to be woman, you're either going to be straight, or you're going to be straight because you don't exist any other way. If you're going to be anything different than what we say you are, then okay, we got nothing for you. And they call you know, this the Bible Belt. Yeah, it's the Bible Belt. But don't they realize these 
they're so stuck in this eugenics and this. I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there. Just throw it out there. People that run the states, white supremacists. Uh, there you go. That, that's 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 why we are where we are in North Carolina. That is why we are screaming for help because that's it's just ran on white supremacy. Like they will do whatever it takes to hold you at oppression level and keep you there. Yeah, exactly. They will oppress anybody and everybody they can, and they don't. It's so bad they don't care about actually what race or nationality the person is. I'm Caucasian. But at the same time, I have to deal with this white supremacy that's coming down from up top. Mm-hmm. And they practice eugenics. But don't they realize the Nazis practice eugenics? Then the John Hopkins Medical Center started practicing eugenics by doing intersex genital mutilation on babies to say, well, this one's clitoris doesn't look right, so we're going to cut it off to make her a girl. Or this one here, um, he looks like a boy, but this don't look right here, so we're going to use the labia shut jack them up on testosterone and make this one a boy. That's eugenics. But they want to use the Bible so much to base their hatred on and to use God as a weapon to hurt people that they don't realize that it talks about people like me in the Bible. It also talks about transgender people in the Bible. And it's where... Uh, I don't know what Bible they're reading because... God didn't oppress nobody, yeah. and he released everybody that was oppressed. So I don't know what Bible they're reading, but he served people. Exactly. Yeah. It says to love your neighbor as yourself. Exactly. You know, if you love your neighbor as yourself, then you're not going to oppress someone. And Jesus talked to them about, he talked to the Pharisees, which were your, your, your Jewish zealots. And he told them about a person that's a eunuch. A eunuch is a person born without genitalia. Yeah. Some people try to misconstrue that word to mean it's like someone that is celibate, but it's not celibate. A unit can be sexually active. It's not celibacy. It's a physical birth anomaly. A person isn't born celibate, and it says in there that some are born this way, some are made this way for men, some are made this way for God. Yeah. So there it is. It's right there. But they want to go by all this other stuff while not recognizing what's there. That hurts because this is 2023. We shouldn't be having to go through this crap no more. No. We should be way far, like really progressive, and we are nowhere there. We are still back in the 1918 era, like literally probably further back than that here. Exactly. Yeah, it's still back there, and... This is something, this is, off the, um, this is off the subject of what's been going on with me, but here recently, staff have been given tasers. Mm. The whole the prison now, all the staff have tasers, and they're walking around with them. Didn't, you know, so. didn't know that. Well, yeah. Ashley, I, we thank you so much for sharing that story. I know that was hard. You all have to keep reliving those experiences. But um, the audience appreciates Uh, you so much for sharing your story. And we just hope that this can continue your fight and make it larger and make a change for everybody else that's going through this. I hope so, too. And if anyone wants to write, please feel free. Sierra, if you would, please give them the information to write to me. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Your host, Sierra Cobb. Take care.